Texas Spirits started with Tito's Handmade Vodka. We were the first legal distillery in Texas. Still Texas-made and owned. Still making the smoothest juice around. Remember, just because it looks like vodka doesn't mean it tastes like Tito's. 40% alcohol by volume, 80 proof, crafted to be savored responsibly. Welcome to your generic podcast show intro. Hey, it's uh, CJ, and thank you for your patience. Please skip ahead a minute 30 if you don't want to hear this. I have not been posting the podcast the last couple days. Our buddy Spencer's out sick. Uh, he enjoys doing that. I do not because I'm lazy. Well, I, you know, we have to do it at the end of the show. And I try to go home and lay with my puppies, pet them, love them, caress them. But you know what sucks is when you're in a habit of listening to a podcast and apparently there are people that listen to this one. And I thank you for that. If you wouldn't mind going up, giving us a comment, a like, a rating, if you will, telling a friend. Because the weird thing in radio is like we don't get credit for these podcasts unless someone listens to them like 24 hours within 24 hours. It's a very weird, stupid thing the way it works. And some people are like, nah, man, uh, no more podcasts. People have to listen live. And I know realistically, even though honestly, 101X, the music's a lot better. We're playing like a lot more new stuff. I enjoy it. I enjoy the music we're playing. But I know as a podcast listener myself, sometimes you either just want music or you just want to listen to the hour long whatever podcast and just chill. I get it. I want to keep doing podcasts. I want to keep having them not up like a week later or a couple days later, like I did this time, but I want to have the podcast up after the show so people can keep listening. So please uh, help us. <laughs> Is that what I'm saying? I don't know. Here you go. Here's uh, here's the podcast for that you might have missed uh, during this week of the CJ Morgan Show. My dear buddy Matt, I thought I'd throw our old school intro on made by Spinny because Spinny is out sick today. Uh, we wish him the best because we all know for Spencer, when he's sick at home, it's not a nice relaxing day of getting to play video games and eat McDonald's and chill. It's like, oh man, they hate me. <laughs> he's thinking, there's somehow some way he's thinking we hate him. When it's really like, dude, get well, don't get us sick. Oh, Enjoy. Get, get well means die. That's what they mean. That's what they, they're, they're, they're saying this. Now they're going to hear that. Anyhow, uh, Spinny's out. Uh, Matt and I are in today. And I wanted to start with uh, my own brain and something I kind of went down yesterday. You brought in a story that I know you thought I would find was cool. Certainly Spencer would find was cool. And after you left yesterday and I went home and I was kind of trying to think about it. Right. It was about the IRL Mario Karts. Oh, right, right, uh, right. One of our last segments is Weird or Wired. And this guy basically took like those kids' Barbie Jeeps or the Hot Wheels full-size cars. They're this one looked kids. like a tiny little race car. And he souped it up so it would go ninety over 90 miles an hour. And you were excited about this. And I can always tell, you know, in radio, when you bring in a story for your partner that you think they're going to like and it falls flat, it feels weird. And, you know, I didn't overthink it too much, but I was like, why did I not like this story? Why do I think it's dumb and I wouldn't want to do that? And then I Wait, you thought it was dumb? Well, I just, I don't know why I wasn't excited about getting to go 90 miles an hour. I don't either. On a Barbie Jeep. And it turns out that the reason 
I felt weird about listening to that yeah. was because I had tried to go 90 miles an hour on a scooter in Mexico and had crashed and broken my collarbone. And then I, <laughs> I was like, a, oh, it all makes uh, sense. Yeah, now I remember. I, I completely I remember. forgot that that had happened. And I was like, usually I would love that. Like, I love go-kart. I love going fast. I love just doing... Like, we would luge on skateboards as kids. How dumb is that? Lay flat on your back and just go down a hill. This is like an episode of Law and Order where a person claims they weren't somewhere and then they suddenly. Did you say you were trying? But wait, did you say you were trying to go 90 miles an hour on a scooter? Well, I, I was I was basically pointing the Can I just say that when you told me you had the accident on the scooter, you told me that there were some kids that just kind of came out of nowhere with a Jeep and ran, almost ran you off the road. It wasn't a Jeep. They were in a golf cart. Okay. And it wasn't kids. It was full-on adults. But that's that wasn't, wasn't when I was trying you to go 95. You didn't say you were trying to haul ass on a scooter. Also, you can't go 95 on it. It was in kilometers, so I don't know how fast I was going. The wreck the wreck was incidental from what I did, uh, from, from actually doing stuff that was more dangerous and stupid. Like when I was going downhill, and I was like, I'm going to go full throttle. And then I'm like, man, I feel uncomfortable, but <laughs> okay. I'll just, I'll go full throttle a little longer. But I think, I think I lost my need for speed. I, right. I no longer have that. And it's, it's a, it, it's a sad thing when that goes away, because now I feel like I'm slowly transitioning into what everyone wants, which is a dumbass adult. Yeah. And it just took it's a broken college. Did you know this is the first bone I've broken? Surprisingly, even though I've had stuff that dislocates and snaps and moves, this is my first broken thing. And I've been building zip lines and tunneling and hauling ass, like I said, on skateboards. I almost killed my sister once with a soapbox derby car. You know, the homemade ones that are basically wheels and a weight and a yeah. frame. Almost killed her because we're so stupid with this stuff. Are you sure this is your first broken thing? Absolutely first broken thing. Remember maybe- that last girl that broke up with you and you cried? <sighs> Still too Oof, soon? Damn, Nick and Jason. That was a, dude, that was like a deck you like still too ago. soon? Nick and Jason, I, I need their sound effect. We got to, oh no, we got a man down. 101 A country artist goes pop. That's right. Today in history, we celebrate a country act going pop. Even, I'll, I'll say it uh, quite frankly, an earnest young country artist, a lady, not just went pop, she went Hollywood. On this day in history, and you know, there's a lot of talk right now about uh, Beyonce, who I believe as of yesterday or today hit number one in the country charts, uh, top dog with her, her country, one of her songs. Uh, yeah, that's, that's incorrect. She's actually hit number one and number two. Oh, okay. So both of them doing <laughs> yeah. really well. Well, it's uh, it's pissing a lot of people off. Oh, and you I, think? And I was thinking, you know what? Maybe they're right. Maybe maybe artists need to stay in their genre. And I'm going to bring back something from the past because on this day in 1981, a country artist jumped over to the mainstream and we should get mad about this because how dare she leave country and go into mainstream and then make a dumbass movie? That's right. Today in history, this song hit number one. America's Darling, uh, Dolly Parton, actually uh, hit number one with that song on this day in history. Really? The song that was a number one song? Number one. Because uh, it's, it's not uh, good. Listen, you got to be careful. I have a lot of friends. 
um, lady friends, friends we both know, including one I live with, that would be very upset if we disparaged Young Dolly. I didn't disparage Dolly. I said, that's not a good song. Uh, it's, it's good enough for everyone to like it. And, Matt, not just that. Did you know it was good enough for them to make a movie out of it? With Dabney Coleman. Don't ask me why my stroke-addled brain, which can't remember my own children's names, can remember Dabney Coleman was an actor alongside <laughs> Lily Tomlin? I d- I've never seen the movie. I'm probably not going to, but let me tell you. For some how- reason, my brain can- Well, it's a funny movie about three women who are uh, ticked off at their boss, so they kidnap him oh, that's and fun. abuse him. Okay. You know, lighthearted stuff. Get it, ladies. <laughs> Girl power. Uh, also, she was nominated for uh, an Academy Award and a uh, Grammy uh, for that song. I don't Sweet. know if it, I, I'm guessing the soundtrack of the movie. Who knows? But it, it hit number one on this day in history. And it just made me think, like, man, why are people so mad at Beyonce when it's it's a normal, it's a regular thing for artists to cross over? Uh, usually it does tend to ha- go from country into the pop sphere, but it's always kind of gone both ways. I was thinking about this in the car yesterday afternoon, that music can either be inclusive or exclusive. We have those genres. Inclusive would be things like pop. They're huge. Pop. Um, uh, and people are like, I mean, yeah, yeah, get in here. But the Hot 100 charts right, for everything. But I think about so much music. Like, I grew up in a punk scene, and I remember the amount of discussion we had at house parties about that's not punk. That's not, they're not punk. That band's not punk. And it was always about you had to pass Dude, some you had to pass some kind of litmus test on I mean, whether your band was punk or not. I was too young, but I know what happened. Like when the Violet Femmes or the Eels started getting played on the radio yes. for like that one hit. Yes. Yeah. Green Day was never ever. They're not punk. They're not punk. And I'm like, hey, look. Here's the thing though. All of our parents think all this stuff is punk. So I, it's a ridiculous argument for us to have because my dad, think, my dad thinks it's all racket. Uh, country music is the same way. So is hip-hop. And there are these there are gatekeepers in these certain sects of music where, hey, that's not, that that's ca- not us. It can't come over here. And it's not allowed over here, which is sort of— I don't want to be this guy, but I have enough looking on Facebook that the same people that are mad about Beyonce— are kind of the same people that are mad about Usher at the Super Bowl, and I'm I do it does it does make you wonder if there's a little more to it. Well, than just there's definitely that element, that. absolutely. But I was thinking about it in broader terms. Why do we create music in little a, a genre that we love and we would then we love 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 and we support? We go all to the shows, but then we don't want those people to have any kind of mainstream success. And what I, happens in our brains then? I think it's because it's so meaningful to us in our little lives and way, and it's maybe it makes you feel things and you feel exposed or you feel like someone else got in on your secret there was a like, I, I saw some guys arguing in a comment thread about beyonce I, happen to, I love country music i think that 16 carriages is actually a great country song um it's the one that's not getting as much play from beyonce yeah. it's the better of the two songs even though people don't seem to like it as much i was looking at what they were writing and what they were angry about and they were saying she didn't grow up country she doesn't hunt she doesn't fish she's not part of this and I, neither did Miley. Well, or, I, well, or, it was one of those things. Neither did, did uh, well, Morgan this is Wall. Like a lot of these dudes. Here's where you and I are different. You would try to prove to those guys and explain to them. I, I don't have time for it. You know what I mean? They're sure. strangers. I'm never going to run into them. I don't care. But I started thinking about. Oh, I wonder how much it would crush them to know how 
like 90% of country stars are generally failed pop stars who then go to Nashville and can write a song and say, well, what if, if I change, if I'm, I can't make it in the pop world or the hip hop world, can I make it over here in the country world? And sometimes they do have some success. What they really are are people who want to perform and entertain. And make, They're entertainers and music, for a living. Yeah. And you know what? Beyonce is great. And if you've ever been she's to one of really her live good. shows and they're like, she's doing an accent. She's doing a country accent. No, dude, that's how Beyonce talks. Well, like, I'm, if you've ever heard her when she's just ad-libbing. I met Beyonce 25 years, maybe longer ago. Did you kiss? I met her in 1998. How you long ago was that? Kissed her? No, no, no. She was a baby and I was a baby. I mean, oh. we, were, we were young people. I was, I was working on a film set, and she was shooting a commercial next door, and we met each other. I went over to meet because Jessica Biel was over there, and that's who I wanted to meet. Okay. Yeah, uh, but cool. I ended up meeting Beyonce instead, and she, she got a bit of a hillbilly accent because we were all from uh, Texas Rural and Houston. I will tell Outside you, of Houston, I, yeah. I know I know that this would get me in trouble with your lady friends who love uh, Dolly, Dolly but I'm not a huge Beyonce fan. But or, I do like that 16 Carriages song. Okay. It's a really good country song. Like It sings about what you have to do to get your life together. And uh, I don't know. I, it made me like her a whole lot more. Oh, man, we talked about it too much. Now we're going to get in trouble for not playing Beyonce and Dolly Parton on the radio. Play them. Play them. Don't play them. I don't know. Uh, hey, here's Green Day. It's time for Parent Pickup. Matt's here for the Parent Pickup, and sometimes it's our job to pick up those parents out there that just need to hear something, and you know what? You might be getting scammed, Matt. Is that where See, we're going? No, Mommy bloggers, really. you're, you're, what are they doing? Well, hang on. Let me get there. The uh, you're, You don't have kids. Do you know what a mommy blogger is? You even heard that term? Oh, absolutely. Oh, I mean, I, I felt like you were safe from mommy blogging as someone who didn't have well, kids. Well, their ideas occasionally start to bleed over into how to live your life Boy, as well. don't they? Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, I think maybe innocently enough it began, uh, and then people really like the celebrity of, hey, I get to, you know. People- I found a niche. People yeah. listen to me. Well, uh, are you familiar with somebody named Ruby Frank? Uh, uh, thankfully, no. She's a Utah mom. She ran a YouTube uh, YouTube channel called Eight Passengers. Her and her partner, I don't know if you're aware of this, but uh, they were just uh, sentenced to uh, like a decade in prison for uh, child neglect. Oh, um, man. Yeah. And I'm guessing they had eight kids? Yes. It's uh, called Eight they, Passengers? Actually, yes, exactly. Right. They, they were convicted on charges of aggravated child abuse, uh, which is uh, pretty... That's that's a bad one. That's not a good one. That's uh that that yes, yeah, not. They're good. not just abusing the kids. They're mad when they're doing it. That's what the aggravated means. Yeah, and it's we It's not as bad if you're happy when you're doing it. Yeah, I guess I don't <laughs> or know. I guess it, maybe that's worse. They had over 2 million subscribers. Uh, Ruby was con- kind of considered the, to be the the lead of the YouTube channel and 2 million subscribers. That's a lot of people. That's like Two million more than we'll ever have Correct. listening to the show. That's an issue. Um, there's, it's kind of showing a spotlight. I, I have been for a very long time uncomfortable with the whole idea of uh, mommy blogging and, and influencing. Uh, my wife and I sometimes have some skirmishes over it because I'm like, I don't. It seems creepy to me. It seems creepy. Maybe it's just like I feel like well, who, who knows enough about parenting to get into it this much. I, I don't know. Let's let's put that aside. It's a lot of me, me. Yeah, uh, but it does bring up the interesting point because apparently these children were being abused, and not only were they being abused, they were being abused with, are you ready for this? Two million witnesses, and oh, uh, people didn't really catch on what was what was, what was happening. It's kind of like the, the old frog being slowly boiled in the pot. Yeah. And, in fact, a lot of people thought uh, Ruby Frank was 
had it all together and was doing it right. And now, quick question. Was this the one that there was a documentary about? That's a different one. Jeez, oh, another one? Yeah. That was the woman who was making her kids be YouTube performers and stars. That one I don't even know. Maybe that's similar there's to that probably, one. probably, it happens a lot. There's another one, it killed her children. Uh, there's a lot uh. of these things going on now. It's bringing up sort of this uh, moral issue of uh, dangers of mommy blogging. Uh, I, I guess I hate to use the term mommy, mommy blogging because about what, what about moms out there just trying to help? But anyway, it, people trying to become parental influencers, okay? They're, first of all, there, there's three things that I can see that are issues. One, we just talked about that there were all these witnesses. There's sort of this normalization of harmful behaviors because you look at someone, you're like, well, they're a celebrity. There's two million people subscribing to them. Even they if must I, be right. They must be right about this behavior. Even if you see it and you're watching and you're like, this is nuts what this person is doing. Or, hey, this doesn't feel like the kind of thing that you might check in with a neighbor about. Like, hey, is everything okay? You know, if you seem stressed or whatever. Like, hey, I don't want to get into your parenting, but heard a lot of raised voices coming from that. You know, you don't say that. You're just like, hey, is everything going on at work? Everything? Hey, you know what I mean? Yeah, things all right. Well, there's also big pressure now on all kinds of other parents to try to conform to these ridiculous, unrealistic standards. Um, Which is often what's presented in some of these influencers, parent bloggers' lives, but it's not true. Yeah, I mean, like I've seen some of these ladies who talk about raising their kids and the things that they do, and they seem kind of perfect. But then when I look in the background, I'm like, wait a minute. I can see up the window of your apartment. That's Central Park. If you live in a place where you have a view of Central Park, there must be gobs of money helping you support this stuff. Yeah. So it's not like you're, uh, you know what I mean, picking yourself up by your bootstraps. I'm not saying that these people didn't come by their money earnestly. I'm just saying sometimes when you have gobs of money, it's easier to parent. There's also a bit of psychopathy with anyone who wants that okay. much. Can you do me a favor? Let's not throw out psychopathy, okay? Oh, okay. I didn't mean to introduce a bit of controversy to the show. Oh, my God. I just wanted to say that word. Okay, okay. well, congratulations. I'm a newsman. Uh, there is a question about what should platforms do to be policing or moderating any of this content. Um, I think that's free speech. That is going to wear people out going down that road because yeah. uh, there's don't go down that road. There's nothing these platforms can do to police what's going you on. Know, the, uh, the the cat is out of the bag. The monkey's out of the bag. The parrot's out of the bag. What goes out of the bag at that point? They're the crackers and cheese have spilled. Everything my is everywhere. It's on the floor, and we need to rework our BS testers. But that's another talk for another day. Hey, Matt, there's no. I'm tired of you being ashamed about your truck. Um, and other things too. I-, I wanted to do a little special segment today that I'm calling Make Matt Great Again. Yay! Um, obviously, it's a takeoff, Make America Great Again, but I'm doing Make Matt Great Again. Yay! Or mm, gay, if you want to just shorten it or make it into a hat. It's mm, okay. gay. Okay. Uh, for Thank Make you. Matt uh, Great Again. Yay! And I wanted to start with that. I wanted to start with your truck. Uh, because I'm not ashamed of my truck. Well, other people try to shame you. And That's you do, true. You do talk often about, like, I got this old truck. I fix it myself. I'm I'm not going to buy anything new for me. Um, I'm going to keep wrenching on it. And everyone's like, dude, just get something new. Get get something else. Right. Uh, there's no need to. And I, I, I just want you to know that I discovered online, uh, randomly in a meme yesterday, and I'm like, all right, this is BS. I'm going to have to look it up. Uh, but... They're talking about how there's some actors that, even though they're 
insanely wealthy, they still have a lot of habits they keep right. from before. And one of them's Christian Bale, and he's been spotted by paparazzi. And I looked enough to be like, okay, this is true. Um, he he never bought a new car. He has the same old car that he's had forever, even okay. though he's got hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah, and. Uh, to make it even better, Christian Bale's truck is a 2003 Toyota Tacoma. Hell yeah. Yeah. He Hell is dr- yeah. And Matt, it's the same color as yours. It's literally, I mean, his is newer. Mine's a 2000. And he also doesn't have the split glass back window. So uh, <laughs> screw you, Christian. But I, it has made me excited to see that he's uh, he's rolling in, in what is really yeah. one of the best rides ever yeah. made. And it, I mean, it looks beat up. Like yours does. It looks like it once had a toolbox that was stolen out of there. Here's the great thing about that. I can tell you because I drive the same truck. He's never added. That that is stock. I can look at it and tell you that that came off of the lot that way, and he's just riding an old stock truck. Yeah, pretty normal-looking tires. That's a busted old-looking spare. But but look at that. Christian Bale driving the same, uh, pretty much the same truck as you, Matt. And I I hope that uh, makes you feel a little better. You probably remember the name Johnny Hardwick. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, He was uh, Uh, Dale Dale Gribble Gribble on King of the Hill. Stand-up comic, too. He started here in Austin. He and I uh, were friends as a result. Uh, Sadly passed away earlier in the year. But he, um, when I was living in L.A., I would go with him. He used to get stopped trying to go on the lot all the time. He was a producer. He had multiple, multiple Emmys in his house. And he would get stopped trying to enter the lot all the time to do because the a, way he, what he drives, well, the way he, he looks was on and a, sounds. He was on a show where he was animated, so people didn't recognize his face. Yeah, he brought his old pickup truck out to L.A. when he got the job, and he just kept it. So when he would pull up, and he'd be like, "Yeah, I'm here for take us up for King of the Hill," they'd be like, "No, you're not, dude. We're not gonna let we you on." Know, yeah. because he had this old old beater Chevy, I love and it. people were just like, "We're not gonna let you on the lot. You're clearly an insane person." And he was an insane person, but he was my friend. I was uh, lucky enough to a couple times sit next to him at a table at Cap City. Oh, yeah. we. You, well, I had you on an event with him, didn't yeah, I? Yeah, yeah, that too. He uh, really enjoyed just listening to him. Like, I would just, I wouldn't talk much. I would just listen because it was very enjoyable. Uh, speaking of kind of that, this is uh, another thing I want to, uh, you know, we're doing make Matt great again. Yay! Or, mm, good. Uh Someone was listening to a show that we did. A couple people, I actually got some good feedback from this. Someone listened to a show uh, and discovered that you were on Austin Stories, which yeah. is an old, um, you know, MTV show based in Austin, and, and you were on it. They liked the YouTube clips, so they then went online and found DVDs that they bought yes. of Austin Stories, and then found autographed ones. And they say this show is incredible. They say like some of the jokes are like early Tim and Eric like level of like bizarre but funny it's like curb your enthusiasm it's got a lot of elements in it uh that they absolutely love and then they said the person that sold them this on eBay they get like notices that this person's also I know who sold stuff. it well there's someone that has a lot of autograph scripts and DVDs I know who uh, it is <laughs> really yeah can, can you Here's tell? the thing. So the whole show is about this scam artist named Howard. That's what the show is Howard about. Howard Kramer? Yeah. Okay. And guess who? Guess who? I was living in L.A. when he sent somebody into the studio to steal the master tapes so that he could dub them because it's illegal to have. He sure. dubbed them and then he started making his own DVDs. He's still a scam artist. It's great. He, that's, li- he that's is awesome. his own art. So a listener of ours discovered the show because of you and then found the, the star writer... 
Yes. And is buying. He's on a, he has a side hustle of selling DVDs. And he can just sign them all himself because yes. he was in it too. <laughs> Dude, that's that's too hilarious. I love it. Yeah. Scripts, everything. He's got it. And this listener has decided that he's now all into Austin stories and buying them. And, you know, maybe you should check it out. Uh, I still have never seen the show in its entirety. Let's go. Uh, let's get uh, messed up and go watch it sometime. We, we should. Uh, details and some of the YouTube clips, 101x.com slash CJ. And, yeah, I've only watched YouTube clips of, like, two, three to five minutes. It's really funny, but apparently, like, the pacing, just everything's good. So I want to check it out. And you know what? We're going we're gonna to Mac- make Matt great again. Yay. Oh, thank you very much. Good. I appreciate it. The C.J. Morgan Show. He's the biggest piece of shit I've ever met in my life, and I've met some big pieces of shit in life and in a toilet. 101X. Should I tear down the fence in my yard on one side to rebuild the fence in my yard on the other side? I need your advice, Matt, especially from you. But uh, first, uh, yesterday we talked about a survey found that people... They rate the price of doing chores, what they estimate it costs them out of their time and money, whatever, $134 per day. Well, I went back and found it, and what they're saying is, okay, here's the value I would put on paying somebody to do to wash the dishes for me. What I don't think they ask the people to do is to then say, well, what would you do without, because you had to have this instead. Because at $134 a day, I did the math. Guess what that averages out to? $4,000 a month you would pay to have somebody else do stuff for you. That's so. That's a forty-eight thousand dollars salary just for that. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Yeah. All gone. Yeah. Whew. That's a lot. All right. Well, here's the deal. I gotta ask you a question okay. because uh, I know I've I've asked two people so far, and you know I could ask you know, a builder and stuff like that, but uh, you know I asked a buddy who's very DIY. He's only like everything he does he does himself, um, and then my girlfriend who I live with who's like no I want to pay someone to do that. I want you to look at this map of my house. Um, This side of the new house we bought has an old dilapidated fence that's fallen down. Okay. I've done some fence work, only in like replacing. I've I've poured concrete in the post holes. I've I've done enough to to think, all right, I can do that. That's fine. This house right here, you see this big ass pool. Well, I was going to say it's not a map of your house. It's a it's a satellite image. Satellite sure, image. Sure. Have you made friends with those people that have that giant ass pool in their backyard? Uh, that's an Airbnb. What? And I have because part of their fence got knocked over, so I contacted them, and they pay someone to come and mow it. There's no yard. There's just a pool. So I want to be like, hey, I'll mow your yard if we can. If I can swim your pool. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. But the thing is, is this Airbnb, whatever investment property has a brand new fence all the way around it. Right. My side of the property connecting to their brand new fence also has a brand new fence. So that is two brand new fences back to back. What I'm thinking in my pea brain is... You're going to try to take that fence off and put it in the other side? Section by section, rebuild the crappy air. But is that even worth it? Is it a giant pain in the ass? It's the exact same amount of labor. I don't understand. And it's... You already have... Do you have to put new posts in over there on the left-hand side? Over here, yeah. yeah. This so the left hand side we're looking at of my yard of the fence that eventually needs to come down. It's already coming down in segments. It's rotted. It's bad. The, the posts, though, if the posts are fine, you can just put a new skin on it. it. Takes no time. Oh, I can. So just new fence boards and stuff, right? Yeah, you need to check your posts. Yeah, check, oh, check your okay. posts. So, it, but even that being said, if the posts are good, I can get fencing. <laughs> 
from this side. Is that a dumb idea? That is just so you, dude. But why would I buy new fence slats if these are good and new? Because they're $2 a piece. Yeah, $2 a piece adds up when it's 1,000 feet or whatever, when it's that long. There is a very good chance that even though you see slats, that that fence was built with the Airbnb and they own the fence and you would be taking down your neighbor's fence when you did that. No, no, no. There are two separate fences. You can see in between fences. That's what I'm saying. There are two fences back to back and they're both brand new. That's insane. Why do they do that? That's why I'm going to take down my fence and move it to the other side and then use their fence as the fence. How about this? Take down, Do you see what I'm saying? Take down both fences, and then you have easy access to the to pool. To a swimming pool. <laughs> that's a genius idea. That is, you know what? You like that one? That, that's that's where I'm going to go with that. All hey, right. Can we invite all the listeners to a pool this summer? I mean, they can rent it out for three thousand know dollars for a weekend. But you know how one on X we do summer swim pool parties. That's not a bad idea. Be Let's like, just hey, do it can, at your neighbor's house. Can, can we advertise your Airbnb on the radio <laughs> and let us use it? Uh, yeah, that would be great. You uh, should get on Airbnb, find this place, find out which weekends are still available. That means no one's rented it, and you can hop the fence and swim without anyone catching you. I mean, I'm I'm thinking weekdays will be easiest. Like. The day after the mowing guys and cleaning people leave, so like Tuesdays through Wednesday, Tuesday and Wednesday are good swim days. But no, that's all good fence wood. I can just yeah. move it. Or is it such a pain in the ass taking it down? Not to mention, there, it's not. You're asking me because you already know this is stupid. Kind of, but it's yes. saving a lot of money. Why? And mm, all right, I'll you know just, what else would save money? Stop buying Lego. Well, I could build a fence out of Lego. Why is voter turnout so bad in the Austin area and cockfighting spec? Let's start with the voting, Matt. Um, if you've ever logged into any social media platform in the Austin area, you yeah. know there's some pretty heated fights politically all the time about everything. And yep. one of them actually happens to be the constant complaint you see is anytime it's like um, there was a car wreck on 35 and it flipped over and someone's injured. It's like, that's because D.A. Garza, D.A. Garza did that. It's the Igors and the liberal communists. I heard somebody the other day told me we need to do something about the homeless problem because in order to stay warm, the homeless burn tires, and that's why we have allergies in the Austin area, was from tire fires. No, they. I've seen it. They have regular camp grills and charcoal. Like, no, it, was just, it was just a – I was just doing a thing where I was nodding and going, oh, okay, okay. That, oh, I didn't know well, that. Well, it's actually – let me add to some of how people complain. It's like, well, yeah, dude, that's still illegal. Um, to have a tire fire, but if they get arrested, DA Garza won't do nothing. But uh, voter turnout's at like one percent so far for Can early I tell voting. You and why? That, it's it's literally that's who that's who's up for election right now. Do you want to know why voter turnout is so low? Uh, because it's cold. No, because there are no patios at polling stations. This town. Loves a patio in the spring. Uh, it's 80 degrees today. Everybody's out having margaritas. They're having a cocktail. Oh, so you're They're s- going to play geeks who drink. So Nobody has saying- time to vote. Look, I have plenty of time to complain and bitch online. But if you want me to go do something about it, you need to have a pretty bitchin' happy hour when I get there. You need to have a patio that allows dogs off leash. Yes. Yes. And also because it was cold last week. You got to have those little heaters that you can wheel in or out. That they way- should put polling stations at Hotel Vegas, the Mohawk. <laughs> Would that cover it all? Well, see, here's the problem. <laughs> and put one on Rainy. Well, see, here's the problem. We went through the same issue when I was in kind of sort of city government in San Marcos. It was like, hey, let's find a way to make voting easier for everyone uh, in the city, not just students. And they're like, no, because 
we kind of don't want those people to vote because <laughs> the old angry grandmas that come out to vote and the World War II veterans, they, they vote for us. And if we, right. if we start letting some college kids and poor people vote, yeah. it's not going to go the way no, we want. If we put the polling station at Hotel Vegas, then they, the city bird will be cocaine. <laughs> Hell yeah. And uh, the city mascot will be one of those uh, city witch hats. And speaking of witches, the only thing colder than a witch is, uh, is, is a shrunk, is a Packer. This is a terrible transition. You know what those city witches love a lot, Matt? This, this is a better transition. We're going into uh, some cocks. That's right. Cock fighting. Don't laugh at me. All right. Ask Spencer. I'm better at this sometimes. I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing out of a, it's an embarrassment giggle. Like, you know, when, it, like when someone falls or does something terrible and you go, <laughs> that's how I felt right now. Um, little hawk word. Like when my dad tries to use the word riz. Uh, yeah. He's 70. I, I feel that. Um, well, if you're he- heading down to the Mohawk, uh, you don't want to get in a fight with a rooster because, god damn it. All right, just listen to this clip, all right? Okay, yeah. The hurry. latest in a series of cockfighting rings raided in Texas, this time in Caldwell County. According to the Caldwell County Sheriff's Office, nine people were detained and 35 roosters seized from what appeared to be a large-scale cockfighting operation. 20 cars and a trailer were also towed. Cockfighting's cock still a big thing. You know, my favorite part area. of that? My favorite part of that was that it, they were, it involved a trailer. And I was like, oh, you yeah, there's almost, no way they had a house. You yeah. went almost through the entire story, and I was like, I haven't heard the word trailer yet. And right there at the end, trailer. Uh, their trailer got repoed, too. Yeah. That's, that's what even sucks. But it, it's still a big thing. You know, it makes me sad. I know it's a part of a lot of uh, uh, cultures in uh, Mexico, South America. It's been around for a long time. It does make me sad to think of animals fighting, and that's when I remembered we need to just turn this around to what used to be on television and what there is still in Las Vegas, which is robot fighting, battle bots. Do you know there's an arena in Las Vegas where they still do that? Yeah. it's. I, did, I thought that show, like, that went away in 2003, but they still do it. We just need to make the technology and stuff more affordable to have robots fighting again or is it not as fun because there's not there's not actual It was fun, but I think there's alternative death. ways too. Could we send drunks from Dirty Six to Las Vegas? We quickly put them on a plane. If people are about to square up on Dirty Six, we go, hang on. If we get you on a plane and keep you drunk until we get you to Vegas, will you fight in a ring? There could be sanctioned by the state. Just actually have like regular bare knuckle drunk dudes boxing. Yeah. That's not a bad idea because the fun thing about when a fight on 6th Street does not get broke up by the police or friends or whatever. The the funny thing about it is, is you know, I wrestled when I was younger. You don't realize how winded you get real quick. Right. Like when those fights don't get broke up and the haymakers aren't landing – God damn, dudes get tired well, and it's kind of sad. Well, but the horrific thing is in the things that we forget when we're in our 20s is sometimes it happens every year. A guy punches the other guy one time. Hits the sidewalk. His head yeah. hits the wrong angle and he dies. And then you go to jail for murder. No, no, not good at all. Um, Okay. To get out all that violence in a way that displays our masculinity and anger but doesn't actually hurt anyone or animals, uh, this is my proposal for actual cockfighting. Blop, blop. And now you realize I did that entire cock this fighting entire thing? entire thing was so that you could play that sound effect? Yeah, yeah, of some cocks fighting. Just 
I hope your eyes are gouged out by El Gallo on the way out. Did you know there are 30 kilometers of tunnel and an entire downtown Toronto underneath Toronto? Uh, I know there's a lot of cities within cities and underground things like that. Like Disney has an entire underground complex under their city to get, uh, you know, if, if you have a Mickey Mouse that needs to switch out with another one or if there's, a, there's a churro dropped on the ground, you know, someone pops up out of an elevator and cleans it. Yeah, I did stand up. Uh, I did some festivals at Caesars Palace and oh, there's, an, enti- there's yeah. an entire city underneath well, Vegas. I know on your other show, y'all are kind of having arguments about food. Yeah. And I'm of the same belief that other people brought up before that all the food in Vegas is almost like when you go to an airport or mall. To where the back ends of every restaurant yeah. connects to the same Cisco truck delivery system. Yeah, and like at the at the airport. Yeah, there's, it's all just an underground system. Yeah. Uh, you have also old cities have these because you've built on top on the top. But Toronto, they actually use these uh, 30 kilometers, which is like what, 20 miles, something? 50 Don't miles? make me do science math. Uh, but the reason they have it is to connect the city because it it's gets freezing. so cold there. Right. So they have this entire underground area that goes to subways, it goes to shops, it goes to restaurants, it goes everywhere so they can avoid the snow. And, man, that would be great in Austin. Now, I know we can't. Every time people talk about tunneling in Austin, it's like, dude, have you tried to dig in a fire pit in your backyard or have you had a pool installed if you're lucky enough? It is nothing but rock and caves and Crap like that. But, yeah, but have you ever been in, like in the legislature tunnels? Uh, here, uh, once. There's, when, when there I was are tunnels a kid. that go from the Capitol to, up to UT, so they can do legislature there, and then they go from the Capitol also to where where a previous bar area was. It doesn't exist anymore, but there's a whole system of tunnels. Wait, under are there, there really like that many? No, no but it was kind of cool. Lot. For a second there, you believed me, well, and yeah. it was it seemed kind of really clandestine and cool. Well, you remember the legend about this building because Lady Bird Johnson used to work here. There was an escape hatch so that she could <laughs> get tunnel, out with, yeah. the, with the Secret Service. I've looked around. I didn't see one. There's it's also supposedly a time capsule buried here somewhere. Yeah, but Can't a time capsule is just a joint from the 90s or something. <laughs> Probably. A bunch of like used condoms and crap. Yeah. Uh, but that's, that's pretty cool because if we had something like that in Austin, I mean, just avoiding the heat... Because we really want to become a city that has cycling and public transportation. And if you've ever been an unfortunate soul like me that's had a car that doesn't work or with that AC and you've had yeah. to ride the bus there are a few buildings from north to south Austin or in, ride a bike. There's a few buildings in Houston that are connected via a tunnel system. You can, you can go uh, without. And that was really to avoid the, the traffic. And, and there are a lot of the state buildings are connected. Uh, not really an underground. It's just one story, two stories down. It's not like a huge... There are I some mean, the tunnels. Capitol does have a lot of underground And there's some stuff. tunnels yeah. in the UT system that they used to use to send air. They were just only like central air conditioning, and then it was run through tunnels. It's usually like maintenance it, stuff. But it's not or... stand-up tunnels. They're small. Yeah. A friend who broke into them years ago tells <laughs> <New>. me. <laughs> well, one of the coolest, my dad told me these these legends. One of Some of the coolest tunnels that exist is uh, in Amarillo. There's an old Air Force base there. There used to be. And so there's still, like, the old PA buildings there. There's these old hangars that a lot of manufacturing shops operate out of that my dad used to work at. But, you know, they have one of the longest, thickest uh, runways out there. You could land a shuttle there. Apparently, that's what they say. But Pantex is located in Amarillo, too. And you know what Pantex does? They disassemble nuclear weapons. That's their main job. But apparently, since the Air Force base has been in operation there, there are supposedly tunnels that go out to like all kinds of tunnels underneath the base in Amarillo 
And if you go to these tunnels, like you'll be swarmed by like Jeeps and stuff. Yeah. Granted, they're kind of on the airport's property, so that's probably why kids have broke in and got in trouble. But but the rumor is that these tunnels secretly connect Pantex to the airport and the United States isn't disassembling nuclear weapons, but we are building and selling them illegally and we use the tunnels to ship them. What if Pantex, it turns out they really just are b- trying to develop a machine that takes your pants off? Not a bad idea. The okay. Pantex 2000. Mm, I think the likely answer is still aliens. I think it, it's so we can fly aliens in and out of Amarillo. So they <laughs> they like visiting it for some Greetings, reason. Greetings, listener. It is now time for Weird or Wired. Welcome back to Weird or Wired, where we will judge just that. Is this story weird? Where's it pretty wired, man? Uh, There's a really good chance we're going back to the moon tomorrow. Oh, hell yeah. Do your Kennedy impression again. Uh, We choose not to go to the moon because it's easy. We choose to go to the moon because it's hard. It's hard not to do that without the Simpsons uh, (laughs) kind of impression. It is, isn't it? Hard. Hard. It's uh, hot. So we're going back to the moon, which we never were in the first place, if you believe some internet YouTubers. Wow, that's true. Uh, and when I say we're going back, I mean we are. There's not a pe- there's not a there's not a people's going. There's a, a machine going. Intuitive Machines is a company they aim to make history by being the first pers- first private entity to achieve a soft landing on the moon. Okay. I don't know what a soft landing is as opposed to a hard landing. Well, it's just got when you invite like your friends and family to kind of check it out and oh. you know you're not you're not going to do a global launch and let everyone know you're going to the moon. That's but a it, soft landing. You know, it's become more of a it, initially it was to test things out without the embarrassment yeah. of failure, but now it's more just kind of a marketing ploy. They have a lander named Odysseus. It's carrying a significant payload for NASA and other partners. Those other partners probably being the lizard overlords that run our entire world. You know, I don't know about the name Odysseus. That seems to be popular for like voyaging things, but y'all know he got lost for like the whole story of the Odyssey is like he got taken away from his family, had to go fight, and then got lost forever. Yeah. And it sucked ass. Yeah. And then he usually gets lost somewhere in Brooklyn, I'm assuming, because a lot of Brooklyn hipster parents, whenever I'm there and I'm at a park, I hear parents going, Odysseus, where are you? Odysseus, oh, Odysseus, come here. Come here, Odysseus. Like, oh, really? Why do you have a stroller in the bar? Uh, they say it's all part of a broader effort to establish a commercial lunar economy. Here's the great thing about the lunar economy. It will also take two jobs on the lunar economy to be able to afford a one-bedroom apartment in Austin. Pretty much. Yeah, good, yeah good, that's a nice, it's an one. even one-to-one conversion there. Uh, they say that we want to figure out, and I guess this is like the already like it's the second attempt in a year to lay on the moon, and there's a bunch more coming this year. Apparently, everyone's shooting their shot at the moon. Listen, I'm going to be honest with you, Matt. I have no problem with this. Um, moon wars are fun, but think back to these scientists and realize they're just dudes like us. You ever had a Saturday where your wife, girlfriend, partner, whomever? It's like, oh, we got to go to Hobby Lobby. We got to go to Michael's. We got to go to Joe Ann's Fabrics. And you're like, "Ah, uh." the dreaded three horsemen of the apocalypse. (laughs) But you know what every single one of those places has? They have a little aisle that has Estes rockets. Estes model rockets. (laughs) And I I know where your brain was going. I don't care how crappy you build them or whatever you want to do. You can shoot those into outer space. It's the keep your they sons happy aisle, but it turns out it also keeps husbands and boyfriends happy Absolutely. aisle. Absolutely. Now, listen, those rockets suck ass. You're not getting it back once you launch it. But for, like, 
Until you shoot it up in the air, it's pretty rad. Well, I thought you were going to say these science guys are just like us because uh, there have been like launching rockets. No, but there have been like eight failed attempts to land on the moon in recent months uh, from both governmental and private uh, entities. Oh, man. And I just figure like that's the kind of thing we would do. You and I would go like, dude, let's do it. Let's 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 grind. We're not even going to sleep. Well, we'll drink Jolt Cola, and we'll build our own rocket, and it would fly, and then it would just crash into the moon and destroy itself. Yeah, and it would be like, oh, that was rad. Let's do it, it would be kind of awesome. rad. The yeah. internet has never been so easy. The internet. It's taken off on the internet once again. Lego is turning out to be worth a whole lot, Matt. Are you, Are you excited for this? Going and cherry-picking articles to defend your purchases? I'm going to be honest. It's very frustrating anytime one of these... It ha- it's. I have in-laws and family members that do their political thinking this exact same way, where they have beliefs... And I talk to them about it, and, and then they go find the one article this? and says, what yeah. about this one? See, it's not necessarily that, because I'm going to be honest, it's frustrating every time Lego has a new bump where it's like, they're worth collecting, and blah, 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 because then you go to, used to, like, grandparents on Facebook Marketplace would have a giant bucket, and they'd be like, $10, come get it. And now this giant bucket that's really not worth anything, honestly, um, is... <laughs> They'll be like six hundred dollars, and it just makes it hard to like buy or find anything cool because even when you want to get neat little mini figures that are rare but only worth in reality ten dollars, they're selling for hundreds online. It sucks. I will say I have a Boba Fett minifig that's worth about seventeen hundred to five thousand. Really? Yeah. And you found it in one of those bu- buckets? I did. Uh, no, I I found it in a dude that wanted to get rid of a lot of crap, and oh. I overpaid for it. Yeah. But anyhow, I had somebody who sold me some off a of Facebook Marketplace, and uh, and was, was ridiculously reasonable. Like they basically just kind of gave them to me, and, and then I gave their kid a little bit of money. And then I had somebody who sold another bucket, and they forgot to mention comes from the smoking house because when I got yell, them, yeah, dude, it was really weird to have Legos that smell. And like, how long dude, do you have to smoke to make plastic smell like smoke? My grandmother, uh, the Legos at her house, which were originally my cousins, then mine. I have them still to this day, but yeah, it there's a certain there's a different smell. Yeah, to my those wife Lego maybe pieces. put them out in the garage for like a year because we kept walking in the house and we're like, is somebody what smoking is in here? And I was like, it's like, oh no, it's coming from our two year old's room. Gross. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's listen, Lego's worth what you put in it, which is it's nice to have. Uh, I do have a buddy that used to give me crap. He'd be like, should I buy this house in San Marcos and rent it? And like, Ugh. and he'd make fun of my Lego stuff. But his kid just hit the age where his kid's into it. So he started having his mom ship him his stuff, and he's like, is this worth anything, dude? Can I sell this for blah, blah, blah? So it's kind yeah. of fun seeing him turn around uh Yeah, but he's also going to make those jokes it. because he did buy those houses in San Marcos, and, and now he, he's a millionaire. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, anyhow, speaking of millionaire, uh, there was a sweet little Lego find that is actually one of the rarest and most valuable pieces, and this you should be on a lookout for. Let's go to the news. We believe there are 30 of these in existence. Just 30 of these rare 14 karat gold Lego pieces were ever made. Some were gifted to Lego employees, the rest were awarded through a contest. And now this one is on the auction block. If it reaches the mark of $5,000, that would have been the highest amount one is sold for. The piece Smith is referring to is called the Bionicle Lego Mask. There's 30 of the gold ones. They do make some silver ones and some um, plutonium ones. 
So there you go. Well, if you'll know if you get the plutonium one because it'll be glowing and you'll your skin will be rotting off. I literally did you play? Was that in English? I uh, didn't understand anything that was being said. So that's that's how far out of the Lego world you, I am. You know how? You, well, your son has Legos. You know how you have the little helmets that go on the no, Lego he doesn't have Legos. Heads? He has Lego. Dude, I don't. I don't care. I'm not one of those guys. <laughs> okay. Uh, but it's essentially it's a little. Solid gold helmet. Right. And it's worth a lot. It's very rare because Lego, there are Lego things that are worth something. And it's usually if they do a special print for a Comic-Con, if there's a misprint, or there are older sets that weren't popular, so they pulled them. Not anymore. Lego will pull something from the market. They'll see the secondary market, people on eBay, whatever, selling it. And they'll be like, oh, well, just put the, it's not worth crap anymore. Goddamn, I'm so pissed about that. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, it's a little gold head that made its way into Goodwill. And now... Goodwill is going to auction it, and like you heard the guy say, $5,000 for a little piece. I mean, granted, it's gold, so it's already going to have some value. And you've been engaged for a long time, so you'd probably play a lot for a little head. Oh, man, come on, man. That's mean. But, uh, yeah, let's listen to the Goodwill workers uh, tell their tale of discovering this uh, needle in a haystack, or should I say, you know, I don't have any more puns today. I'm drained. When Goodwill workers discovered the tiny treasure, no one knew what it was at first. We didn't know what we had when we found it. It came in in a box full of random jewelry from the State College store. Um, So it had already been processed through donations there. When they discovered what they had, they were stunned. Now they're hoping to maximize the donation through an online auction. Now, let me tell you what I would do if I was a Goodwill employee, which are usually volunteers or a judge made you do it because you had a public intoxication right. ticket. Let me tell you what this Goodwood and yeah. let me Matt, I'm gonna show you what this Goodwill it's employee going in your would pocket. do. It's going straight into your pocket. Oh. Yeah, there's yeah. no way that you're yeah, it's going if into it's your pocket. Le- if it's a rare Lego piece, uh by the way, same buddy that used to <laughs> that is now talking about investing in houses, he he had to volunteer at a Goodwill for a while. And he used to find had to volunteer at a Goodwill? Yeah, the judge made him. Yeah. But he would uh he told me he would find cool stuff. And he would hide it, like, because you gotta, <laughs> you process stuff, and some of it goes in an auction. But he would find stuff and then hide it on a shelf, and go back later and have a friend buy it. <laughs> and then I was like, I always wonder if he really got anything good. But yeah, there you go. Yeah, five thousand dollar Lego thing. And hey, if you have kids that are tired of their Star Wars Legos, I'll buy them from you, even if they're covered in filthy, sooty smoke. It's the CJ Morgan Show. One oh one. 